0: everyone and welcome again to the comics deserve better podcast where we talk about the world of independent comics i am one of your lovely hosts brian and with me as always is the lovely carrie hello and the lovely richard hey oh i'm lovely you everyone's lovely. lovely on this podcast even our dog who you'll probably hear Aww. About <laughs> at least once if you listen to other episodes you definitely know what we're talking about all right, well, we do have a great episode ahead of you. Would't it be funny if I just like we have a shit episode. I'm sorry that we recorded this, but we had to get something out not to, no
1: that would
0: be horrible. <laughs> no we do have a great, it would be a little rough. We, we honestly have a great episode today. so we're gonna go ahead and dive into it. But before I have a question for you all, mm-hmm. how much does a polar bear weigh?
1: Oh, I know this. Isn't it like six thousand
0: pounds? It's enough to break the ice, and I have my icebreaker question for you all. <laughs> That's not my joke, but I love that joke. <laughs> I told Matt I was gonna Matt who listens to this episode. Hi, Matt, or listens to this show, not just this Matt. Episode. signed off on that fucking joke. I was gonna Matt say, is- Matt, stop encouraging these things. <laughs> I know. But anyways, um, my my icebreaker question <laughs> is, uh, um, so we. We, we're right now at the Ides of March. Today we're recording. Yesterday was Pi Day. And we also had Mario Day on the 10th of March. And, you know, there's May the 4th be with you and all that stuff. So my question is, what's your favorite made-up nerdy holiday? I think I know your
2: answer, Richard. But <laughs> You think you know my answer?
0: I think I know your
2: answer. I don't even know my answer. I was about to think about it. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I was thinking it might be Pi
2: Day because of what day? well oh well yes yes i <laughs> i do but high days are made up math is a universal truth, sir <laughs> and that's why i was bored on that day me i think einstein and steph curry you are the
0: trocer.
1: wow fucking the oh that's,
0: votes. that's pretty good pretty good um Amount of people on the not amount of people. What am I talking about? That was a pretty good um it's it's a it's a solid list. birthday. I got like yeah. good neighbors.
2: Very solid absolutely. Birthday.
0: Um I have Lucy Liu and Aaron Rodgers and Britney Spears, actually, which two of those three people I like.
2: Britney Spears and Lucy Lou. Oh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> i always tell my friends i'm like Aaron Rodgers seems so exasperating like i'm just like if he mm-hmm. i like if i went to high school with him i wouldn't like him no i don't mm-hmm. care how good he is at football he yeah. just seems like if i saw him in the hallway i'd be like oh god this guy right <laughs> he's that guy exactly <laughs> like he he would never be rude to me like he would never do anything to me in particular but i would just observe him and i just be like oh this guy again
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um
2: so
0: favorite nerdy holiday
1: favorite nerdy holiday i think may- mario I- day is dumb you think mario day is dumb i think mario day
0: is dumb i like the sales that we get on mario day even though this this but, year's one sucked
1: um yeah i'm not yeah I, I think it's dumb um i would say probably may the 4th be with you just i, say, if- I like may the 4th yeah, yeah, and just because we're Disney people, and Disney always does, like, limited edition shit, or, like, a big event for it, like, they've really embraced the commercialism behind it, and me being a shopping whore, um, I enjoy it. So, <laughs> I, I do, I guess maybe that. I, I think that's I'm my I'm not favorite. a huge, m- nerdy, made-up holiday person, though. I'm really not.
2: Nope, totally get it.
1: Yeah,
0: it's just uh, not you know, me I, I like i like having things to celebrate in this dark
2: well, what we need to do is we need to take whacking day from the simpsons and bring it into the real world <laughs> We do. like a celebration of the simpsons
0: that would be cool as as long as barry white is, is still around somehow <laughs> <laughs> Um. all right well so we're all actually unanimously agreeing on may the 4th i guess or Revenge of the yeah, Six. Yeah, no, May but... the
2: 4th. Like, May, May the 4th. Revenge of the Six, I feel like, just feels greedy. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it does.
2: <laughs> but May the 4th, like, I feel it's always very sweet. I feel like enough of us, like, love Star Wars. And, like, Star Wars isn't, like, really problematic in any way. So it's just, it's just kind of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just the only thing problematic about Star Wars are, the, are some of the fans. <laughs>
2: Uh, I also don't know if those people exist, or yeah. or they exist merely yeah. on the internet. Because I've I've gone to multiple Star Wars celebrations, mm-hmm. and the people that are at the those conventions of all the conventions I've ever been to are the nicest. Like most supportive, like kindest people. If you're stuck in line, you're gonna nerd out with the people that you're stuck in line with. They're super sweet. And every every time I've left a Star Wars celebration, I'm like, Who are these people on the internet that are so awful? Because they're never here, and they must not really love Star Wars because they're they're not just
0: bots. They're just bots.
1: Yeah,
2: no, they may just be. Yep.
0: Yep. That's just a a possibility.
1: Or this is my theory on that. I think that there is a group of misogynistic racist troglodyte people that exist in the basements of the world who live to troll people on the internet and i think that they claim to be parts of fandoms so that way they could rile up everybody mm-hmm. but then you do get those types of people who attend comic conventions and i don't think it's and I might get shit for this, especially since we're a comic podcast, so that I may have possibly stuck my foot in my mouth. But okay. as someone who has experienced like firsthand like misogyny and like not her- harassment, but like just like general assholery at conventions, <laughs> I don't know if they belong to a particular fandom as they're just there to make people fucking miserable. Yeah. And I think maybe they just glom on to everything because they're unhappy small dicked assholes who will never get to get fucked by anyone and they're just in like insanely jealous and unhappy pieces of shit and i think they're just oh, like i I, I, I will push
2: shit. back on that in one way carrie i think people that get laid can be assholes too <laughs> that's, that's as, my only critique that we're as,
1: as someone who gets laid and can be an asshole i agree i think that's very possible but um but i mean like just ah uh, these uh, that's yeah. that's my theory i don't know if that's well,
2: no, the they're, people they're that there. are on the internet that are trying to make like like that are literally like hey Like, people are having a good time discussing whatever fandom that they like, and they just come to rain on their parade. I'm just like, oh, like, like, I almost, part of me really does feel bad for those people because I'm like, oh, you must be really miserable that you just see people enjoying themselves and you're like, I have to go over there and be shitty. And I do feel that as though that maybe in, those people are at these conventions and, you know, they just see, uh, it's. they're in a big crowd and they don't feel, they don't have the safetyness of the anonymity of the internet, mm-hmm. so they, they can't be as shitty. I think Absolutely. that's all this. but like, I, I just don't understand the concept. It's like, if everyone's having a good time, I'm like, I'm gonna go over there and have a good time. I'm not gonna shit on someone's good time. I'm just like, hey, I'll go join them. I can't yeah. understand the concept of people like, hey, I enjoyed that movie. And someone's gonna be like, well, no, this that movie's bad and let me tell you how stupid you are for enjoying it. It's like, wow exactly
1: i have hey. witnessed some of the most disgusting bizarre behavior at conventions and it's just it's it's usually towards women disabled people um people of color anybody that doesn't fit the the cishet white mold like white male mold so if it's just it's like it's been so long since I've been to a convention and we're going to WonderCon this year. I'm a little... I i re- refunded my three-day pass to get a one-day pass because I am so anxious about attending. Oh, wow. But I'm like, I just want to go for one day because I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> like, the last time I went, we I had a really horrible experience. So I'm like, I don't want to replicate that again but i'm almost certain it's a very big possibility that something will happen because people are just assholes
0: well i can tell you that comic people there there are some comic people out there that unfortunately are like that but i don't think the way our podcast is and the way we're very open about certain things I don't think we uh, draw those people. The only no, reason no, no, why they're no, no. listening to us is to hate listen so they can continue hate listening because, hey, they're, at least they're downloading. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Well, if you are hate listening, uh, you know, you can fuck off.
2: No, no. Thanks for no. downloading. And <laughs> also, thank <laughs> you for <laughs> hating us. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Exactly. Um, no, but no, no, no. as long as you have some strong emotion, if you love <laughs> us or hate us, I feel like we're doing okay.
1: Exactly. It's just that like like a, po- like a politician. No, but <laughs> I mean, like, I think with with those types of environments and it's not necessarily like like the comic book entities that I've had issues with I mean I've talked about this on the show before it's particularly within the gaming community in tabletop gaming and it's there's so much fucking gatekeeping and there is so much like blatant misogyny that it's it's very uncomfortable and that that was my issue at the last WonderCon we went to right before covid and that's what i'm really scared about because i plan on doing a dnd thing there and i'm really fucking nervous about going because i'm like i was humiliated the mm-hmm. last time i tried to do this and it does that whole experience has stuck with me has stuck with me for years now well, and i'm really worried and i want to play like Friday night magic at a local game shop here where we live, and I'm petrified of going. Yeah, because I have tr- i I have tried to go for years, and I'm so scared because I'm like these guys. It's like fucking blood in the water of like sharks. Like they can smell new people, and they just don't like you. And it's always so frightening to me. And I get even as an adult, like I get very easily intimidated by men. Yeah. So I have and. Brad and I are the kind of couple where, like, we'll split up at a convention. Like, he goes to do his mm-hmm. thing, I'll go do mine, because, like, whatever. But this, but this, it's also around. like, I wish it wasn't like that. That I felt like I needed you around, too. Yeah. Like, that's bullshit. I'll release
0: my nerdy pheromones so that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> funny,
2: it'll be okay.
0: but no, well, you know, but it is I ridiculous. do, I would
2: say, Carrie. Uh huh best thing to do is just try to find like a shop or whatever as as far as the tabletop thing it's just try to jump in the deep end of the pool i always feel like we get afraid we do get afraid of this because there's people that are assholes but like they're never they're just the loudest they're never the majority and you're more than likely to jump into the deep end of the pool find some nice people then you know find a group of assholes
1: i'm just gonna flash my tits i'm thinking nice to like.
2: It's that that stupid. that that will always win you win, win the crowd over. One
0: friend, just do one, and then like, if you want to see the other one, be nice to me. <laughs> <That's> stupid. <laughs> I like how you you mimic. I did. I had to do the motion, and the, I know the podcast is not a visual medium, but I had That's to do the motion. Funny. I do this at work too when I'm on video conferences or in my video cameras not on. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, do 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 do, like look at this and this and this, and everyone's like. I, we can't see. Oh, that.
2: I think you bet you flashed the camera. Oh, that, that's right. Oh that's God. a good way to get yourself this to take my, an my, HR.
0: Today was my last day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, <right. laughs> um, no, um, and also I think that um, the the we went to the gaming store over the weekend, and I bought a new set of dice for playing D and D. Because I want to get into that, and that guy was and very that guy nice. was really nice. And um, but he had a good suggestion because I think what part of your trepidation is that you're kind of you you feel like you are new. So I think you should download the the, the Magic the Gathering app and play a few games online. Anonymously. Oh, nice! Yeah, and then learn how to play the game first, and then go play. Yeah,
2: Everybody
1: you know? wants
2: to play? I want to play. Awesome. And then and then in like six months, you could be hustling children. For yes. their lunch money,
1: be, oh, be like,
2: "This is high stake uh mcg
1: <laughs> At work. Oh, that's awesome. Be like,
2: "This is
0: this is our activity for Fun
2: Friday."
1: Oh my god, I think I'm <laughs> up put my two weeks in.
0: Uh, all right, well, c- Ice, consider yourself broken. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. As I'm always. glad I weigh as much as a polar bear. <laughs> our conversation did. Um, all right. Well, it's <laughs> time now for our DIY corner. Um, funny story, really quick about DIY corner last week. If you listened uh, at the end, you you heard me go. Oh, I forgot to do our DIY corner, and uh, unfortunately, that ended this week or last week. So, unfortunately, can't do it this week. And then, so I was looking for another one. I found this really awesome like uh, thing on Zoop, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this one. And then I looked at the time, and it's literally like 30 hours left of the thing. So once this episode goes out, you'll literally, unless you're listening to it like right when it goes out, you're not gonna <laughs> it's it's gonna be closed. And so then I found another one, and I put that down. And that one was really cool too, because it was literally like a tabletop game and a comic together. And once again, that ends in 24 hours. <laughs> so I'm okay. like, oh, so, um, but but I'm very very fortunate because usually when you're in a situation like that, you have to settle. I didn't settle because I found something very cool. Um, you've heard me talk about um, the comic Impossible Jones before on this podcast um, as a spotlight. Uh, it's by Carl Kessel, who I li- who I just found out the other day is the person who created um superman blue uh the electric superman back in the 90s i did not know that and that's pretty cool my personal opinion very cool cool uh cool uh different take on a character um but impossible jones um the reason why i really liked it was it really felt like freakazoid but kind of like a modern take slash a little bit darker than freakazoid But that's always been one of my favorite cartoons. So I was very, very happy um, reading this this series. And this is... uh, The the Kickstarter is um, Impossible Jones and American Angel. And Angel is an anagram. So I'm not sure what Angel stands for. Mm -hmm. But it's a team-up comic. And it's a 54-plus page full-throttle finale to the Impossible team-up story arc by Carl Kessel and David Hahn. Um, And so it looks really cool the artwork's really cool one of the uh one of the um covers is a kachu from uh, strangers in paradise and impossible jones together team up by terry moore and since we will never do strangers in paradise as an episode wink wink to anyone who's listening to next week's episode after <laughs> before this one um and um you know, I, I know Carrie's a huge fan, so I, oh I wanted really cool. I wanted to mention that one. Uh the cover actually looks really cool. Um if I'm showing Achoo. Carrie right now. Yay. Um, but yes, and there's there's a few other cool things. Uh, there's actually an Adam Hughes cover. Um there's yeah, there's a lot of fun like extras. Uh this has already hit its um hit its uh funding. Um goal so they're they're doing stretch goals now so uh it's a good time to get in because one you're guaranteed to get the uh the book and two there's the more people who get into it now the uh more stuff you get which is everyone likes more stuff.
1: Nice Brian can you explain what a stretch goal is
0: um so yeah so basically um they have the minimum goal to publish and create you know in this case in comics to create the comic right mm-hmm. um but then if they make more money then one they can um they can make it a hardcover they could add more artwork they can pay the people who are creating it more money um gotcha they'll, they'll a lot of times they'll add more incentives like um if they reach this goal there'll be a, a sketch cover there'll be another they'll or there'll be like a um it'll be signed it'll be sketched it'll have a book plate you know it'll they, they add stuff they'll put stickers in it okay so it's like so basically the more money they get the more stuff they can do for you
1: okay essentially which is really cool absolutely
0: you know and and i personally like uh i did the um the die rpg um kickstarter and literally one of the one of the uh of the stretch goals was Double our pay. You know, like, yeah. like 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 because there's literally like like twelve creators on the die RPG. They're like, we'll be able to pay everyone even more if you put in more money. It's like Yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. You know what?
0: Are you like, yeah, I don't get anything, but like, hell, I mean, they're making something beautiful and I want to them to get as much money as they could possibly get. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, um Impossible Jones, very cool comic. Uh, very cool Kickstarter. Definitely check it out.
2: that's That's super cool
0: DIY corner and now it is time for spotlights and I'm gonna go first uh, more Brian all the time
1: I love Brian it's fine let's get as much (laughs) Brian as we can manage
0: so we have um the book I chose uh for my spotlight is a graphic novel that came out last week called The Moth Keeper by Kay O'Neill uh, that name might sound familiar to any fan of the uh, T Dragon Society trilogy. And um, yes, this is their new comic. I don't know if this is gonna be another trilogy or another continuing series. it was it works as a as a one shot, definitely, and it will definitely work as a uh, first part of a big series. This is a very very cute very lovely book and i absolutely adored it and it's a good fun fast read it's 277 pages but it's it reads super fast for almost 300 pages and um it's and it's very much a book that once you start reading it you're not going to want to put it down um the artwork is beautiful Uh, If you are familiar with, with uh, Kay O'Neill's work, you you will know that for a fact, even before I said that Um, it's, it kind of has a, uh, you know, drawn slash watercolor feel to it, but it's a little more um, like the, the images are a little more established. Like they're a little more like, you know, solidified as, as, as characters than some, some uh, watercolor work is sometimes just because of the nature of that medium.
1: Oh that's
0: cool. Um there's a the, so this book takes place mostly at night so there's a lot of beautiful blues and purples. Uh basically this is a, about a a uh, a little community in the desert who um decide um that they're going to live nocturnally. And so they live you know, so they're known as the night village. There is a nearby day village. And you no, know, which is really also really nice. They're not enemies. <laughs> they, they know of each other. And they're totally cool that some people live at night. Some people live in the daytime. <laughs> you know, which is kind of cool. Because a lot of times in comics or something like this, or even like stories like this, you know, everyone's got to be an adversary. So it's kind of nice that, that everyone just like lives and cohabitates with each other. And no one has a problem with someone else's, you know. Like uh, beliefs and feels, except for Johnny, who was growling right now. So. I'm
2: sorry.
1: <laughs> this is the most affection he's shown me all day. Yeah. He's literally cuddling with me on my leg, wanting me to pet him. But every time I try petting him, he
0: starts to growl. Oh, yeah. This is what he does.
1: He's like, I love you, but
0: I'm going to growl at you. Oh,
1: sorry. Oh, no, no worries. Hanging out with our son.
0: So, um, this is the story of Anya who's um uh, who whose mother disappeared um a few uh, you know earlier in her life uh, she's young she's become the new moth keeper Um, uh, what what the moth keeper does is that there's these moths that um, pollinate this tree that basically is the lifeblood of this um of this this uh village <laughs> i can't even think of words today and so they um and her job is basically to uh, have a lantern and and make sure that the moths kind of follow it, and then she kind of gets them out and like she makes sure she she corrals them, she makes sure they get fed, she like makes sure that they don't run away. Um, and but the thing about this job is that it's a very lonesome job because everyone else is in the town, everyone else is working together, and the moth keeper is by themselves um but Anya does not seem to mind that because she's kind of lived a solid a solitude like life already um and she has a friend who's kind of um was somebody who didn't have a lot of friends also as a child um named um Estelle it's E S T E L L so I'm guessing that's Estelle mm-hmm. um and um, I would assume <laughs> yeah and she's kind of learning how to be like work at, you know, as an apothecary. And so they're they're like basically besties slash I feel like there's a little bit of a romantic like uh thing going on there too but um that's you know that's just my my uh my headcanon. <laughs> and um but um but yeah um so uh, you know basically this is kind of to goes through Anya's life of like learning how to become a good moth keeper It also um it also kind of goes through her her trepidations about being doing such an important role and whether or not she's going to be able to fulfill it um she's the 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 original or the glass moth keeper is also helping her for a little bit but then lets her go out and do it by herself and um yes um it doesn't go as planned in some parts of the book um and um but but overall you know good moth good book awesome definitely a big recommend very cool and just for the artwork alone there's a lot of there's a lot of pages um like without any words and it's just like i you know i love the art in general like y'all you know, of comics and i'll and i'll you know i'll soak in the art as I'm reading, and obviously it's part of the story, you know. So I want to know what's going on in in the story. But I literally like stayed on some of these pages for like longer than I needed to, just because <laughs> I was like, "This is gorgeous," and I just want to stare at this 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 like landscape in the <laughs> desert for a while. So,
1: yeah, very good, good look.
0: book. Nice, big, big recommend. All right, all right, Richard. What is your uh, spotlight?
2: Oh, so my spotlight today is I took a look at a uh, Kaya number one, Ooh. and it is uh, written and drawn by uh, what Craig? Uh, excuse me, with help from Jason Wordy and uh, Animal Design on the lettering, and basically where we open up with Kaya is that uh, it, it's a very like uh, post-apocalyptic, like Mad Max type of desert and we meet our two main characters Kaya and Jin Kaya you know she seems like to be like you know either a teenager or woman in her 20s and Jin's like a young boy they are obviously on the run they are obviously starving and like these are hard times and <laughs> what we find out is that uh, uh <laughs> Jin is the uh, prince of their former kingdom? Like basically, the all of the royalty has been uh, slaughtered except for him. And Kaya <laughs> is protecting him, and they're on the run. And they are accosted by, and they're like humanoids, and they're accosted by lizard people. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the lizard people are trying to round them up. They trick them. They try to capture them, and they are rescued by other lizard people that Kaya actually has a relationship with. Um, the uh, the uh, the uh, lizard man that saves them. Basically, he like um, it, they don't say exactly what it was, but it seemed like his name Seth, and it was like an exchange student program. So he grew up and like learned to hunt and stuff under Kaya's father, and so they go way way back. And so, essentially, all they have left to them is they have no food, they have no money. They have Kaya's dagger that she's using to defend themselves with, and Kaya has like this uh golden armor thing that like just puts on one arm but it's super powerful that she could fight with. Oh. And and Jin has like these scrolls that are that basically have the whole history of his culture, mm-hmm. and like that's like you know a prized possession. So when they're with uh Seph's crew, um, Kaya and Seph are like hanging back and they're talking, you could tell that like. Uh Seth, like I guess maybe like Kaya was like his childhood crush, but like nothing ever came of it. But you could tell that he's really into her. And Kaya is definitely harder than he remembers her being. Just like, you know, hard life has, you know, you know, made her a tougher person. And he's like, you well, you know, why a big don't old you dick. stick with up. Oh <laughs> not quite <laughs> I mean other... and if he's into that, I mean. To hey. his own. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sorry but,
2: uh, no I needed that levity actually <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah Good night, so... folks <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay go ahead. sorry go ahead uh, so basically he is like going to hunt some game that like is impossible they're gonna go, uh go to the serpent sea and like uh hunt this giant monster called the uh a Magron. And basically Kai's like, that's insane. No one's ever hunted to background, but she's like, but stuff's so like, but if we get it done, like, like we can get ourselves set up for life. That's the plan. So she, he's like, Why don't you stick with us? Like you're a good fighter now. Like we can help protect the, you know, Jin since he's kind of worthless. And Jin's actually narrating it. And I guess he's narrating it for the future. So it seems like he comes out on the other side like a tougher person. But uh, he goes to one of the dudes in Seth's crew and he's just like, hey, can I have some of your food? Like, I'm starving. The guy's like, what are you going to give me for it? And Kaya basically admonished him before. Like, he can't trade her dagger. So he ends up trading the scrolls. And he's like, and you know, he does like the, the big proper thing. Like, this is the the history of my country. And like, da-da-da-da-da. This is like my most prized possession. And then the guy's like, Oh, cool. More kindling for the fire just throws it into (laughs) their bonfire.
1: Oh Oh, my god.
2: The whole history of his society. Oh my god. And that's basically how we end uh, uh, that first issue in Act 1. And yeah, just it. it, so he calls Kaya his sister but then like the relationship does seem like they're not related so I don't know if that's like a cover or Mm. it's like a, a clan thing. But yeah, that's basically it. Like um, there's a little afterword in the book. Um, so Wes Craig has done the artwork most recently on Deadly Class. Mm-hmm. But basically, like this is like a pet project that literally he's like been rattling around in his brain for a few years. So, you know, just, I don't know, I, I really like the book, but also just the earnestness of like what brought it into fruition for himself. I don't know, just made me like it a bit more.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. That's very, very cool. Very cool. Uh, besides being lovely, Richard, you also have ex- exquisite taste because i i did also read this and i loved it
2: it's uh, yeah it was really really good um it's one of those books i bought you know issue one when it came out a few months ago kind of forgot about it and i was really happy to jump into it this week
0: nice yeah it's yeah i um right now i'm basically only picking up the first floppy issue of comics that i want to read and then i'm i'm trade waiting on kind of everything basically um just for, for time and money's sake. <laughs> so no, this I, one I read the first issue. It's it's on my list right now. I cannot wait till the first volume comes out so I can finish the uh the I
2: first think uh story. issue six came out this week actually yes so oh. maybe you'll be maybe a trade will be coming out soon.
0: Oh I hope so. Yeah. Um but you 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 did mention uh, Deadly class. I mean that that artwork in that comic is what made that comic so great in my personal opinion. And um and then this artwork is like completely different <laughs> and i think that's amazing oh really because I, I never
2: read deadly class maybe i'll pick that for a spotlight because it seems like a, a book that i should probably oh, get into it's it's fun or not a spotlight for a main course
0: oh yeah i mean i i had no problem with that. that it's a very fun book the entire series it there's a lot of of peace and valleys in these these kids lives and and like it goes through everything and it's and and also what's great about it, it's kind of like you know, like, like a battle royale or like you know, like oh, right. a, or you know, like a game of thrones where basically you Hunger can't, Games Battle
2: Royale yeah, type of scenario. You
0: you can't count on any character making it through.
1: Basically, <laughs> like
0: even, even if you're like this guy's got protagonist armor, there's no way they're gonna die. I guess again. <laughs> oh, nice.
2: I honestly like not to say that like I like wanton carnage, but I do like a story with stakes in that way where it's just like no, no, anyone could go at any moment. Exactly. I don't know I always feel like it just it it makes for better storytelling.
0: One hundred percent. I I am you know even though we're an independent comic book podcast, I do like big two comics, but that's like my big one complaint about big two is that like you can never kill a character. You know, like they're. Even if they're if they get killed, they're going to come back because people want them back.
2: Yeah, and no, I, I mean, even no. characters we thought like would never come back, your Barry Allen, your Bucky's, your uh, Jason Todd's have come back too. So yeah, you yeah. really can Exactly, Everybody and permanently.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: I, I will say this though about uh, Kaya is just uh, when you were talking about the artwork, it's it's a very cool art style because it's kind of cartoony, but like it's also very brutal. Like you could tell the brutality of this world, mm-hmm. even though like they look like you know, like they look like characters that could be on Nickelodeon yeah. <laughs> in the nineties, but like you could still see like, oh yeah, man, like they've seen some things, and this is gonna suck for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is um it, it kind of even though the artwork is not the same, it kind of gave me like a a Samurai Jack like Genny Tartakovsky feel to it because of Ooh, that reason.
2: The tone of it, yeah, not the yeah, art style, the, but like the tone. the tone of like the storytelling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I and, hadn't and thought uh, about it, but you're you you nailed it hundred percent.
0: Yeah, because like his artwork were great with Dexter's Laboratory, but then it it also translated extremely well into an action mm-hmm. like more adult. Um, you know cartoon like samurai jack and i haven't seen primal but i hear primal is really good too
2: i was gonna say that that was gonna be the next thing i'm about was like that reminds me i really would need to watch primal because i (laughs) i heard nothing nothing but good things i just haven't taken the time oh
0: yeah i I have to meet me too as well i just i just finished season three of harley quinn so i have a a cartoon uh Oh yeah, the Harley Quinn cartoon. I mean, it goes without saying. I'm definitely not. Yeah, yeah. It. I've seen
2: no. I've seen season one and two. It's just I haven't seen three. But Se- season three.
0: The... Season three has some great Bruce Wayne moments slash. Oh nice. Like Bat Family moments. It's definitely. a definite recommend. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, and also the Swamp Thing episode is hilarious. <laughs> so big, big recommend. Um, all right.
2: Well, definitely looking of, forward to it.
0: Speaking of big recommends, though, we're gonna go ahead. And jump into our main course. Oh, you don't
1: want to ask about my spotlight? (laughs) (laughs) Sure,
0: Carrie. What was your spotlight?
1: A stinky butt. Or something stinky by Seymour Butt.
0: Oh, wow. I never heard of that book. Oh,
1: I wonder why. Fucking Brian (laughs) put it on the docs, Like our group thing. And they were like, you have a spotlight. I'm like, no, I don't. And then I looked at it right before we started recording.
2: (gasps) We have fun. Look. Carrie, this is a what? judgment-free zone. We care about you. If you're into stinky butts, it's fine.
1: <laughs> I am into stinky butts. That's why I married Brian. Oh! oh, oh.
2: Turnabout is <laughs> fair play. <laughs> that was an inadvertent alley Sorry, Sorry, Brian. <laughs> you it's, it's all good. I really I, set that up for Carrie without I, even thinking about it.
0: <laughs> I will not complain about that alley at all. That was wonderful. That was comedy gold. And that, yes, I do have a stinky butt. So yeah, everybody I <laughs> has stinky
2: butt. All right. Well, you know what? Dustin Speak for a... yourself. My butt. Comes, there's propyree that <laughs> spews from it.
1: You know what the worst is though? Uh, little kid, stinky butt smell. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. the worst. Oh. It's it's yes. a it's um it's its own fragrance, and you know it <laughs> when you smell it. I don't like it. If you have a reason, what is
2: here? it? Uh, <laughs> what 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 is it about? Uh, uh, or the first matrix. You know what I hate the most about this place?
1: It's the smell. <laughs> <laughs> what Agent Smith
2: is like interrogating him, uh, <laughs> interrogating
1: Morpheus, like, that's what I hate the most about this place—the smell.
2: That's funny. Those stinky, that stinky butt smell. Mm-hmm.
0: As long as we don't sell out our uh, our friends for a good steak, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love joy also pants. True. Joey Pantaloni is like one of my favorite character so though. I think I like no, no, he's great. everything that he's in. Yeah, just no, he's great. And awesome.
2: yeah. great in pretty much everything that he's in. You know, yeah. funny roles, serious roles, he could do it all.
0: Definitely. Joey Pants, here's to you. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, it is now time for our main course. Um, mm-hmm. I was trying to use I was trying to have a good segue but I, no I don't have all, all I ruined stuff. it sorry it's all good Um, so our main course is Ashes by Alvaro Ortiz uh, with the, it's an adaptation by Lee Walton translation by Ava Ibarzabal I said that better off the recording let me try that again Ibarzabal that sounds a little better I sounded very white but, but that, you are yeah but- um, and mm-hmm. letter lettering by crystal finger <laughs> no, lettering by crystal basic uh, from top shelf and uh, yes this book was originally published in spanish in 2012 this is actually alvaro ortiz's first uh book to get adapted into english um he's um a pretty renowned cartoonist in spain and yeah i we, Got introduced to him by this wonderful book. and well, Wonderful in my personal opinion. I think, hopefully, you guys agree as well. But um, we'll go ahead and jump into it right now. We're going to make you all wait to hear what Carrie and Richard's opinion of this book is. Okay. (laughs) Well, I feel that Alvaro Ortiz explains the book best on, like, page three. Um, when he's introducing kind of the story so i am just going to read that real quick it's a real quick uh summation of this book and uh we'll go from there so it says and so the story begins with three friends who lost contact almost five years ago arguing inside a car with a seven day journey and many miles between them and an unknown spot on a map uh these are the main elements of the story but then there are a few other details such as lies death goons with cowboy hats a sailor and his daughter fires and a monkey <laughs> so, so yes um basically this is a story of uh, Polly, peter and moho there are three friends who have lost touch uh, f- about five years ago uh they are brought back together to perform kind of a quest um there was a i guess it's not really a uh, not really a spoiler i guess But it's, yeah, Um, their fourth friend, Hector, uh, has recently passed away and was was cremated and has sent Polly a a map um, with an X on it in in a random place by the ocean uh, and uh, asked her and Moho and Peter to be the ones who spread ashes there at that location so they even though they have lost touch for multiple years including hector had no one spoken to each other for for multiple years um they all get together to perform this one last request um and this leads to many crazy things like like they said cowboy you know um goons with cowboy hats um fires and a monkey uh, turns out, uh, the fourth passenger of the car is uh, Andres. <laughs> Andres is a uh, is a monkey uh, who's a, a circus monkey uh, that Moho is basically taking care of. Also, I think Andres kind of takes care of Moho. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, the story is told mostly through um, Peter's uh, narration, mm-hmm. and uh, and meanwhile while he's telling this story. Uh, He's also uh, reading a book about cremation and we get little interstitials about the history of cremation, which are very interesting. And I guess they actually came from an actual book. Cool. So um, that book was adapted uh, by Alvaro Ortiz and uh, did quite well to uh, give us a little more information about uh, cremation that I never knew about. And it was pretty cool. Um, Each character is very much developed like they're they're very solid very human characters um each have their their pluses and their minuses some have more minuses than others um moho i'm looking at you (laughs) Um, but but yeah they're they're all at the end endearing um they're they all um have conversations and arguments that i think everyone's had with either family members or, or loved ones or fa- or friends you know in their lives i mean it's this is a fun comic but it's also very real in my opinion even though it also gets very silly in point points <laughs> hence the monkey but mm-hmm. also the monkey has is uh <laughs> it's so alvaro ortiz has a uh, very cartoonist style um, it's the it, it looks like a strip comic, but the but there's so much depth in each panel that it's more than that, um, which is really which is really cool. But because of the cartoonist style, he can kind of get away with a few things like Andres, who's a monkey, who's a boy monkey. You see his penis the entire time in this book, which is hilarious. Also, there, there's a a quick part where he's literally banging a cat
1: oh my god when he fucks a cat it's so <laughs> is pretty funny
0: as well um the um well before we go go ahead and get into like spoilers in our full discussion um i just wanted to add this book is very to me very cinematic um if you've heard me before on other episodes i love the coen brothers this is a very coen brother story and very much paced like a Coen Brother movie, and that's like one of the biggest compliments I could give something because mm-hmm. I, I I love Coen Brother movies,
2: and so I've all, is a Bird After Reading a Coen Brother movie, right? Yes, yes, it is. And this, so that's the only one I've ever seen, and this felt a lot like that. Where it's just like a lot of stuff was happening, none of it felt connected. That when it came all to the end, it was just like, oh no, this is all, all very connected, all very important together.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I was um uh, before we recorded um when I was at work um I was talking to Matt once again. Hi, Matt. Um, and I was telling Thanks him bet. that it really reminded me of like Big Lebowski, and it reminded me of Raising Arizona. Uh, oh, okay. But, but, um, but the thing is, though, it's not just like a Coen Brothers clone. Alvaro Ortiz, in my personal opinion, accomplishes like a sweetness, um, like a just like like this beauty, basically and this this love it, at the end of this book effectively that i don't think the coen brothers has ever have ever done before like he 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 has that fa- feeling and that pace of like of like a, of a coen brothers movie but he just achieves more than, than like a, even the coen brothers movie in my opinion very cool so so yeah this is definitely if you couldn't tell this is a big recommend for me
2: no <laughs> so, you yeah, no, it's a recommend for me as well um one thing that uh, I felt weird about the book, so when we're early on in the book, we're meeting the characters and I keep waiting for a reveal of like some sort of love triangle or even maybe like a love rhombus or something. <laughs> because like there seems to be a lot of tension. But like even at the end of the book, like you you're you're to assume that they're just friends, but like you don't actually get a concrete uh like. We keep getting flashbacks to this concert where I guess they all meet, but you do mm-hmm. not get to see the meeting. You get to see everything up to the point of the meeting, mm-hmm. and then you get some stuff afterwards. But, like, you never get, like, they, they he just never gives you that full grasp of what the relationship is and i was like part of the way that he kept me reading the book it's obviously a good book but like i was just like we're gonna get a reveal and when we got to the end of the book and we never really got a reveal i was just like well done because you kept me on the hook the whole time and never really gave me what i wanted but i still enjoyed everything that i did get
0: this is a story about friendship without the friendship
2: part in it (laughs) you know kind of yeah yeah so yeah yeah like they 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 are very much on each other's nerves like even uh P- paulie and are we is it pitter piter peter uh, i'm guessing it's peter um, uh, because
0: because of our ortiz is um is spanish right and, right yeah, right so. exactly
2: so it's peter so like they're the ones that seem to get along the best but even their relationship is yeah. super strained.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: absolutely i think i think peter gets along with everyone the best i mean yeah he's, he's, he's the ringo of the group he's definitely the ringo of the group. that's that's good. yes question. yes definitely and and Carrie, what did what did you think about?
1: I thought it was excellent. Um, you know, Brian forewarned me about you know about the um the subject matter just because it does deal with like a death and yeah um, loss in loss and everything. But it was so complex, and you and Richard, I think you brought up a really great point: is that we're never really given um full closure, so to speak, about like a lot of the little nuances and the complexities of their relationships, mm-hmm. And I think that kind of helped the subject matter of it being yeah. about death. I was like, oh, okay. Because I'm so concerned about other things. I'm not really sad to say focused on Hector, which I think is an over like lying theme of the story is that on their quest to honor their dead friend there's so much other bullshit that mm-hmm. they forget they forget like the real reason that they're doing it i mean you know yeah. and, and i think that's really but also really
2: they um they he threads a uh the needle very well because like hector's death is ever present in the narrative and he but we don't know Hector. Like he gives yeah. us a background on Hector, but like we get so much more intimately involved with all the other characters that like you don't really think about Hector much. Yeah. It's just you Hector, you know, Hector just kind of becomes this MacGuffin that's there to yeah. move along the story. But like I'm just I'm invested in Polly and Moho and Peter yeah. and the, the the uh Rick. where were the uh the the, the like uh the the, the Mirnoff and Smirnoff? Smirnof, Smirnoff
0: Smirnof and Smirnoff,
2: Smirnof, yes. Yes. <laughs> How did I forget that? Smirnoff. is <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Yes. Oh, shit. And even Andres has a uh, has a backstory. <laughs> I,
2: oh, Andres. Yeah. Oh, yes. Andres' backstory is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's awful too. So yeah, and like it's it's done so well because I was like, there is at least a, one murder, a second. <laughs> I don't know what do you call it when <laughs> I think it's technically a suicide. Because they're like, the guy jumped, but he wasn't jumping to kill himself. But that is, he kind of died when he jumped. And see why? So I was just like, I don't know what what you call that. But like, there's animal abuse. But like, it all is handled in this in this manner that like, it's all very pleasant somehow, even the, yeah. with yeah. these most uh, unpleasant uh, subject matters. Exactly.
0: And that's actually, that's why I get the, the Coen Brothers vibe from it. Because it's like, they're. If if it's handled by someone else, um, it could be taken very seriously and this would not be as fun and, and entertaining because like yes. yeah, the story ultimately is about spreading your friends' ashes that you haven't talked to in five years, and that's a sad subject. But yet, like you add in two crazy, well, not really crazy, but two uh um goons after after them um a, a big backpack of cocaine a circus monkey uh <laughs> a lot of cash a lot of cash fires oh, and also know.
2: two 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 heavies that are after them whose hearts are in it oh yeah i
1: know <laughs> they're,
2: they're, Love it. they're just kind of like man i gotta do this job i'm kind of tired of doing this job they're doing the job for a uh country music set singer that uh moho accidentally outed but when he outed him he just made it all up yeah but mm-hmm. what we find out is like this guy's having like gay sex secret <laughs> elaborate gay sex parties that he doesn't want people to know about on a regular basis apparently
0: he's trying to be like pious and like
1: yeah yeah oh that's right Henry oh yeah because he's Crucifist. like a he's like a
0: christian country singer yeah, yeah, right yeah yeah yeah.
1: exactly I, th- I think what what is awesome too is that smirnoff and smirnoff really started to like like Peter and Polly, and they were like, "Oh, yeah. they're not even mean to us. We don't want to hurt them." Yeah, but it's like they had to because of their job requirements. It's fine. Right,
2: right, look- it's a job requirement. Uh
1: huh.
0: Speaking of like wondering if there's like a romantic thing going on between them, Smirnoff and Smirnoff even had that. Opinion. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, the big guy and the girl are are dating, and like, and Moho and girl are brother and sister. Yeah,
1: that's right. Like, they
2: they have their own, like, idea of what the thing is that, but reading it, if anything, I thought Moho and Polly had had something going on. They did.
1: They did. It's alluded to in the flashback.
2: I think so. Yeah. But we never know
1: exactly how far it went, what it it was. Right, right. Was it an actual
2: relationship, or did they just hook up a few times or something? Which
0: uh, I think is why they. Why especially Polly was very annoyed with Moho and all
1: Oh yeah
0: his BS. Oh man. (laughs) the but the thing about the when he puts on the headphones and they're trying to talk to him and he just keep, he keeps on like answering and then putting the headphones back on and they get in there like like take those phones off i'm like oh my god i thought that so many times oh. like on road trips with people it's like you're gonna listen so to I, what i have on the radio and there's no listening to anything else
1: it's such a little kid move it is that's what you do when you're the kid of the group or you're yeah. and you're with like yeah. the adults i don't mm-hmm. know absolutely
2: I had a lot of empathy for Moho just because I feel like I know people that are like them mm-hmm. that like they 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 straddle the, the line between being very sketchy and also kind of being like your friend and nice guys like i just yeah. kind of like oh yeah like I've met this guy before where it's just like oh god damn it Moho's always in some <laughs> shit but like I also like like when he's not in some shit and it's just me and Moho hanging out oh he's the best to be around yeah but yo he's always gonna be in some shit
0: <laughs> yeah ex- exactly and like um. And and just someone you know who uh, kind of makes the wrong decisions, unfortunately, you know, um, you know, like with, but then like
1: shooting that guy, yeah,
0: <laughs> but but you know, like his heart's in the right was place, it the right decision. Well, I think he accidentally shot. I, yeah, I, think, I, was,
1: I was no, thinking, no, no. I think yes. he
2: accidentally shot him, but that guy was also probably going to kill them. So that's yeah, <laughs> true. That's yeah, true.
0: That's very true. So he actually saved their lives, but then also like coming back for for Polly and for Peter. You know when like. You know for all intent and purposes he could just you know yeah, do the left. yeah but yeah and you know i mean um and oh and that also leads to like one of my favorite parts of the entire book when um andres decides <laughs> he's gonna be the hero I'm and he gets in this. the car
1: and he drives the car oh, off that, the cliff the suicide monkey I love. do the monkey. I was really sad. Yeah, in that panel yeah. where you're like, and then Moho's just looking over the cliff, yeah, like he's also so. like it's super it's upset. Yeah, it's and then the Polly's
2: like, oh, "You were very fond of him." He's like, "Yes, I was very." <laughs> and then he just like tugs on his pant leg, and he's like, "Nah, man, I'm good." Oh,
0: yeah. Never doubt the circus monkey. <laughs>
2: it's yeah,
0: the um yeah, it's just like just having a kind of a serious subject and like and also like getting through the emotional cues and the emotional like beats of the story but at the same time having enough humor where one the humor doesn't take away from the emotional parts of the story yeah. but at the but it just makes it you know like more entertaining and more fun you know so i mean and that that's a tight that's a tightrope walk you know for a lot of people and and i think he does no, this masterfully like where it's just it's funny but yet like you know like especially like when there's they they each see hector's ghost yes. you know there's a lot of like, yeah emotion, there's a lot of like teary-eyed kind of moments in this are story. we
1: going to talk about the ending I are think, we spoiling the ending
0: well i mean we're we're definitely in the, into uh in the spoilers <laughs> so um yeah if you yeah absolutely
2: oh yeah spoiler, spoiler, spoiler if you haven't noticed already we're here
1: um, okay um well Part of the uh, sorry, my nose ring is bothering me. Okay, um, part of the um of the chat while they're on this trip is they're kind of reminiscing. They're like they get drunk a lot. Um,
2: (laughs) and And they forget their
0: course group. Oh yeah,
1: and uh, they're talking about like when they were younger and 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 their friend group was tighter. And um, Peter and moho are teasing polly about how she basically wanted to start like um a place i mean i equate it now in my mind to like an airbnb where it's like a place to work and live and you just you can kind of drop off the Mm -hmm. face of the earth for a little bit and um
2: like a bed and breakfast, like an, yeah, old, like, school like an breakfast old school bed and breakfast the people yeah. that read it live there full time. It's Absolutely. based on a book that that's that's a wonderful
1: yeah. way to put it, Richard. And so she's talking about it, or you know, and they're making fun of her like, oh, you were such a fucking hippie back then, and blah, blah, blah. And you find out in that conversation that they all laughed at her when she told when she came up with that idea, and then she had said, you know, the person that made the most fun of me was Hector. Well, as you get taken on the the route of this like basically treasure map to the X to go to uh, spread Hector's ashes you meet the sailor and you meet his daughter and in doing so you learn about what happened to Hector in the last few years before his death about how he got to the island he was kind of looking for you know just he randomly got there he met the daughter she was supposed to go on this grand city adventure but because he got there she didn't leave they worked they sailed they got to know each other um and as she's guiding the friends through this like desolate part of the island they look up and it is the exact type of place Polly had always dreamed of and the name that she was going to give it was hotel existence and emblazoned on the side of the building are the words hotel existence. So, Hector, in his last years of life, and, and you never know, you never find out what he passed away from. No. So, you don't know if he was like ill, you know, you don't know wh- what he died from, you just know that he died. Mm-hmm. And so, he created their exact dream. Yeah. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, when that fucking scene happened, I bawled. Yeah. Because it was so touching and it was so, it was so real in that moment, even though it's a book, but it just, it was, it was such a sweet moment and so cool. I literally, I literally gasped and I started crying. Mm-hmm. It was just,
2: yeah, no, it, it's, it's a, it, it was a great tool because basically they gave us the end of the book in like the first act. And yes. the thing is, is that we didn't know, you know, you don't know it until you, actually get there to the end yes
1: um
2: but you know he did so many um so many dope little narrative devices just the way that he would weave in their backstories the way that we're um M- M- melina we keep getting yes. her backstory but yes. she's not a character that we know and yes. we don't yes. even know her, her name till in fact, like i, th- I thought that was tons of pages of yes. her if yes. I,
0: th- I thought that was like maybe another story about polly at first
2: so at like, first I thought it was Polly and then I would always scroll back and I was just like, no, these are not the same character yeah. designs. So this is mm-hmm. something different. But they gave you no information. Like even the Melina pages until we actually meet her have very little dialogue. It's mostly, yes. you know, uncaptioned artwork. Yeah. And, but like it all, when you get to the end of the book, it all works pretty flawlessly. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. I, another thing I really enjoyed and appreciated that he, uh basically he was uh, drawn drawing segments from a, a reference a book that he used to reference information like historical information about cremation mm-hmm. that he just you know drew drew some of his research into the book as like pages that was really cool too yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know a lot of that stuff
0: yeah yeah that th- and like, like when he that talks Peter about reading. like
2: uh yeah. yeah like uh but when he talks about how um like jewish people used to like have no issue with cremation and then uh Something big happened, and then they were like, "You know what? We're not doing cremation anymore." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, "Totally get it. Yeah, I wouldn't absolutely. either." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, like, how it flipped? Like, it, was, it used to be Christian that that were against it, and I love the fact that, like, the the one guy who was like so pro cremation, it turns out like, oh yeah, and a little bit later, you oh find yeah, out it's just that blatant his,
2: corruption. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like his brother-in-law, like, <laughs> had a cremation business. <laughs> it's
2: like, oh, oh okay. That's kind of funny. Um, Every time. It's always blatant corruption. Like, (laughs) yes.
0: Um, No, yeah. It's. um, He builds things up in the story without telegraphing because I had no idea. Like, I'm like, why are they. Even even like the part where you're. um, Like, where we're going through Milena's life and like you see you see a house on that island the germans island that um that um that's all dilapidated that's like where she wants to read and like that's where you know oh my and,
1: god that's yeah. it yeah oh shit
0: and that's that that's the house that they created they made the uh, he made the hotel out of
1: oh my god and, i just got that oh, when yeah. you explained oh yeah that's the thing oh, that yeah like
0: is like 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 somebody could have easily you know accidentally made it a little more obvious that was going to be the point of the story yeah was that you know because it's like but yet the fact that like it was kind of just dropped a little bit earlier and it was also it was told in a way where the backstory made sense and it wasn't like oh you're 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 creating a deuce or a mcguffin or you're creating a deuce ex machina situation you know like it it didn't feel like that you know and like because i was like oh it's just kind of a throwaway story about hotel existence and like how polly was just telling the story because it was it was about hector and uh and like but then like you find out like oh that's the entire crux of
1: the whole story that's incredible yeah. I just, but it, thank you but
2: you know what's also funny about that like it feels very real because like in real relationships like isn't there like something like you catch up with an old friend and there's like some throwaway story that they told you that you didn't think much about and it's like no no they remember this thing vividly from eight years ago that's just something that you just kind of were putting out there
0: yep mm-hmm. exactly and like how um also i think carrie before um we recorded Carrie and I had a little, quick little talk about this when she finished reading the book, and, and and like, please continue this story, Carrie. But like you were talking about how friends will you know if they haven't seen each other for a long time, it's just natural for them to act a certain way.
1: Did I say that to
0: each other? Like, like because like you, they put almost on a front about how their lives are are good.
1: Oh, 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 yeah. Like, um, all of the we never know like because Brian brought up the point that like oh they were all in like this perfect situation to um move into the hotel at the end of the book and then but at the beginning when we were on the journey with them you were hearing about how like Polly was living with her new boyfriend and like Peter had just like uh, like inherited all this like all this property from like this widow and like Moho was you know you were the only one that kind of knew Moho wasn't doing like so hot, but he was saying that he was like about to move to a new apartment. Yeah. So like I was telling Brian that as someone who has like recently started to like reconnect with old friends, I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of being like, oh, my life is really killer. Like I- I'm really good because you you want, if many years have passed, you don't want to sound like nothing has happened or the things that right. have happened aren't great so you do put on like this oh no i'm doing really good like works great whatever like like my relationships are great blah 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 but so
2: <clears> i think geez. it's simultaneously that like you do not want you don't want to seem like the loser that like oh yeah yes. my shit's fucked but also yeah. like you care about what these people think and you don't want Absolutely. them to work. yeah but, like, you don't well, want to be like oh it's the first time i've seen you in years and i want to burden you with all my bullshit <laughs>
1: And I don't know if it's a sense of worry, as I do. I just think it's a sense of um, like mediocrity, and a sense of um, like insecurity. Yes, insecurity. Thank you. Yeah, like I, I I do, I do think that we fall into those trappings. So that's that's what I was talking about. Sorry, I'm really tired. Thank you, Brian, for no worries.
0: Yeah, it's no. It's, you're good. Even though I'll never go to a high school reunion, but that's what I imagine. Like a high school reunion is like everyone wants to go in there and act like their life is perfect, and it was a lot easier pre-internet
2: <laughs> to do. That um, because that was easy. My to- uh, so we had my high school reunion last year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't go, and not for any uh, real reason, but like we, we did our tw- it was our 20 year last year, and we tried to do a 10 year, and basically like. The, the event that they had last year it was just kind of like i think they, they they did a bunch of small stuff and it was a, not a very big gathering because i don't know if it's cynicism of people of our era but basically long story short the people weren't interested like my <laughs> classmates generally just didn't care when I mean... they tried to organize the 10-year it just fell apart because there was no interest they tried to organize the 20-year it fell apart and then finally some people kind of cobbled together something a little bit smaller Um, But like most of my good friends from high school, I'm still good friends with. And I keep in touch with pretty regularly. And like the other people, like the only thing that came of it is that someone that I was in friends with in high school that I was really cool with, um, who we just kind of lost track of each other. He saw that stuff and then he friended me on Facebook. So it was nice to touch base with him. But other Mm -hmm. than that, like everybody that like I had like an intimate friendship with a relationship with that I would, you know, even in like even in a tertiary capacity, like through Facebook or something, I i have like at least an awareness of what they're up to. And like most of the other people, it's like, oh, I remember that person from math class. Oh, like I'm glad that they're not dead in a ditch, but like I don't have much else to say to them or about <laughs> but
1: I think that's like a a newer phenomenon because of social media and because of right, absolutely.
2: That. Cause yeah. you used to not be able to keep up with people in that absolutely. way Absolutely. Exactly.
1: And like I I when I was working at a, a high-end clothing store and our clientele was like Older women, I worked with a couple of ladies who had gone to their 30th, 35th, 40th, 45th like high school reunions because it was such a huge deal to them. Right. And I'm like, why don't you guys like? I thought old people had Facebook and they're like, no, but not everybody's on it. It's so important and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but I also just don't care to know about everybody I went to high school with like Mm -hmm. the people that I'm recently like reconnecting with. It's been kind of a godsend because it's at a time when I like I'm craving female companionship because I don't have it. And I mean, truth be told me, too. (laughs) (laughs) But like truth be told, like, (laughs) like my mother's passing made it to where they were reaching out to me. And I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, because they all knew my mom we were like really tight friends so it was just like oh this is really kind of like really like a really nice comforting thing yeah but like it's other than these like few people i Mm -hmm. you're right i facebook stalked some of my older like less better friends and i don't really need to know about anyone else just because they're not important to me and i'm not important to them i know that sounds bad but it's the truth you know, we just don't affect each other's lives.
2: Exactly. It was funny. Um, a f- Maybe maybe six, seven months ago, I'm at work, and I see a name on one of the rooms I'm going to. And I was going to the room. But it was empty. I was dropping something off before the person, the guest checked in. And what it was, it was the valedictorian from my gra- graduating class. Oh, so, wow she was good friends with, I was good friends with her best friends, but she and I never had any relationship. And she was actually good friends with a couple of my best friends. Oh, but like, funny. she and I just never had a relationship. Not not for anything, it's just, she was a person I never was in a class with. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, if I was talking to one of her friends or when she was talking to one of my friends, we would just say hi, and that was the gist of our relationship. But it was nice. She was actually there for she's having she's oh um, this I did know, she's like a, a successful author. I think she does like mostly children's books. Oh cool. her name's uh Romina Garber. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever heard of any of her stuff. Never but heard of her um but yeah, like super smart girl, I think went to Harvard, the whole oh, the whole nine yards. But she and she was getting married at my job, which you know
1: Aww. cost an arm
2: and a leg because that property ain't cheap.
1: But like yeah.
2: I would like I didn't we ended up not seeing each other not interacting but I was just like it was good enough for me to just like oh that girl that I went to high school is doing well I didn't need to catch up I didn't need to like have any other experience we weren't close to that way but I was just yeah. like it was just like oh good that she's doing very well and then you know I went on with my day
1: that's awesome that look at awesome. how nice you are yeah, yeah. that you're like oh this person's doing well and I'm happy for them if it were me it's like the fucking bitch went to Harvard fuck that it's probably stupid. <laughs> No, I'm just joking. I'm sure. I mean,
2: for for me in my circumstance, I'm like, hey, I'm glad she did not squander any of that potential. Good for her. (laughs) Because I know so many people that were probably on that similar track and they just never did anything with it. So,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite things about high school was the note passing. Because one time we were cleaning out some old stuff at our house. Because, you know, I've lived on and off at this house for, you know, my entire life and so like we were cleaning out some of my old childhood shit and i found a box of notes that my friends and i had passed like during our classes and i didn't realize that we used like acronyms for shit so we could massively talk shit and in case the notes were (laughs) found like no one knew who we were talking about i was like oh man we were good i should have gone into like Police work or something. <laughs> I, I was good at that shit.
0: Hey, you've always been interested in forensics. Uh huh. So. Maybe one day. Yeah. Very cool.
2: I wasn't the hugest no- note passer, but one of the best notes I ever got was senior year, my uh, analysis of functions final. I was not doing good in that class. And all of a sudden, a note just landed on my desk with all the answers to the test. Oh. I was never a big cheater, but we cheated that day. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, Kelly and Brian to the point where I was like, I have to answer two of these wrongs because he this teacher knows that I'm oh, not that. That's awesome. In this class. Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome. Very cool.
2: Yes.
0: Um, Did you just call me Kelly? I think you called her Kelly.
2: I, I'm pretty sure I said Carrie. Oh, Okay, I,
1: sorry. Yeah,
2: it's I okay. it. But like, I am drink three in, so maybe I'm like slurring oh. or something. I didn't
1: know. I didn't know this was a not sober episode i sort of started drinking i had coffee i'm really Uh, sleepy
0: rough i've had carbonated water
1: i'm I'm pretty drinking now i'm curious yes
2: i next time i will put out the information i'll be like no don't get drunk before i record this (laughs) time yes yes yes.
0: (laughs) um what no um, i don't know if you heard Carrie, but what what are you drinking
2: Oh, um, I've been drinking different beers. I had an IPA earlier. Right now, I'm drinking a, yes. uh, what's it called? It's a Victory Sour Monkey. It's a really nice sour out, out of Pennsylvania.
0: Ooh, sounds really good. Definitely, That's charming. I, I'm a big dark beer fan. When I, if I have beer, um, it, I like porters a lot. And uh, say, and um,
2: yeah. Earlier, I had a French toast uh, porter. Ooh. It was really, <gasps> really good. That sounds, that sounds so really good. Actually. Really, it's good. really yummy. <laughs> we
0: were we were talking about ciders before we started recording too, and those are excellent as well. Um, but uh,
2: but yeah, so the book was Welcome really good. Alcohol deserves better. <laughs> ADB. Um, all right. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, overall. Um, also, really quick, I absolutely love the whole banjo bit. Oh my god, the and, and then at really the end where. um, where Moha has the banjo now, and and they're like, oh, where'd he go? Oh, when the Smirnoff, Smirnoff brothers gave it to me, said it was his, and he doesn't play it a lot. And then you find out it's the Smirnoff brother who doesn't play the banjo, who gave his brother's banjo away because he was tired of hearing it.
1: Oh, oh you know,
2: When that scene opened up, I thought Moho had just ripped the dude off for a second. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, this dude never learns, man. When you're finally out, I was just like, oh, thank God, thank God he's not that dumb. Yep. Exactly. You mean Jerry? Yeah, his name is now Jerry. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: (laughs) also, um, just really quick, the book was hot
2: for him though. He needed to change his name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I love the autobiographical section at the end of the book. Um, that was really cool with um where Alvaro Ortiz kind of has himself at staying at the hotel existence, and that's how he become. That's how he. He learns about my oh, story. I did.
2: I, I did like that. I thought that was cute. What I didn't like, because I was uh, running up against uh, what we are recording when I was reading this, is that he he weaved his acknowledgments into the narrative. And I was just like, wait a second. This isn't a story. This is just yeah. <laughs> your acknowledgments, sir. You tricked me. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really funny. cute, but I was just like, I was a little pressed for time. <laughs> also,
0: um, so, the book has the in the very beginning has uh, a little quote from the Pixies song "Vamos," um, and then at the end of the book, one of the records that he picks out is Surferosa, which is an excellent, excellent album. I love that album. Um, I I'm kind of a "Come On Pilgrim" fan though. That's like my favorite Pixies album. That or
1: I'm sorry, you do what to Pilgrims?
0: <laughs>
2: whoa, whoa, buddy.
0: And and that version of almost that's on on Come On Pilgrim is actually in my opinion better than the one on Surfer Rosa, but Surfer Rosa is a fantastic album, and especially like Bone Machine, um, the Broken Face, yeah. There's just some great songs on that album.
2: So the Pixies are a weird band because I don't know a Pixie song off the top of my head, but like so many people that I like are very much into the Pixies, but like mm-hmm. no one's ever. Like I've never just been somewhere and someone's like, uh, like, oh yeah, I, I'm just gonna play some Pixies. I, I just can, always hear about the Pixies. <laughs>
1: I can guarantee you, you know one song. Have yeah, you ever watched? Fight sure. Club? Have you ever watched Fight? Club? No, I've never
2: seen it
0: actually. Oh,
1: oh never okay. mind. You then you don't know a song by the Pixies. Yeah, but
0: you probably heard. The, you've probably <laughs> you've heard. Where's my mind? Song. Somewhere. With, that, was it? Where's it's, my mind? Where
1: is my mind?
0: Um. But yes. Well, you know what, Richard, I love making playlists. I will make oh, you.
1: Shit. he's gonna make. You I'll a make
0: playlist. you a playlist. Playlist if you don't mind. Does,
2: does this mean we're going steady, Brian? Yes,
1: yeah, it does. Okay, right.
0: <laughs> I expect the corsage. You get him for six
1: months of the year, I get him the other I expect the for the cotillion.
0: <laughs> we, you take me to the cotillion, I need a corsage. It needs to match my dress.
2: No oh exceptions. god.
1: Very particular. <laughs> so so, right.
2: so high maintenance, Carrie. What have you been is. dealing with this all time? I
1: know. Seventeen years in, I'm ready to give him up to you,
2: <laughs>
1: but only for half of
2: the year. You can't win yeah, you them. <laughs> you're, you're essentially leasing me out. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, how cute! Rich own.
0: Yeah, you talk about Airbnbs It's Air Brian Brian. Uh, was it? A, you're oh. subletting your husband? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm a pyramid scheme. <laughs> okay. There's
1: really quick. There's a TikTok where you never see the the woman's face, but you just see her making like this incredible five course meal of like glazed fried chicken sweet potatoes like a peach cobbler greens it looks delicious right Because everything looks she amazing. Her own ice cream. and she makes her own fucking ice cream From scratch. and so the guy that stitched in oh, nice. is just like bitch i'll marry you and i'll help you find another husband we're all gonna yeah. live together. So I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna be so,
0: I'm gonna be so full and so sleepy from all the food you're gonna make me that i won't be able to satisfy you so yeah, therefore i'll get you another,
1: another it's husband. so funny <laughs> yeah
2: whatever works it's pretty good but yeah okay well my whole thing though is i've gotten to the point that i'm like hey man if your untraditional circumstance works out for you maybe that's exactly what you need because so many people are doing it the traditional way that doesn't work for them so exactly
0: yeah everyone has their own drum so um all right well before i think we're about ready to uh, close this one up you guys have any final thoughts about the book oh one final thought or one question oh, yeah. i have
2: for you guys hector and melina were you know yeah
1: yeah absolutely I so. i'm
2: pretty sure <laughs> like it's not there but i'm like like she's just like i had a dream to go live in the city that hector came and i couldn't leave i was just like yeah oh
0: uh, yeah and, and the fact that that they're there that they um her father and and her are there for the for the ashes ceremony. Yes. That to me yeah. like means that he was very much like an part intimate of that part family. of their life. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I've, and
1: more so than his own parents. Yeah,
0: because I was I was that's exactly what I was about to say because like his parents are kind of like an afterthought mentioned. And the only reason why they're mentioned is because they're the ones that give We're poly. in charge of the body. Yeah. And and then and yeah. his and his his map and his whole thing wasn't like take my parents with you or take my friends and my parents it was just like friends you know leave my parents out of this you mm-hmm. know like don't let you know they don't get to they don't get to uh, mourn my loss essentially it's like this is for my friends who was like my real family And I mean and,
2: um, yeah. there did seem to be just like they're in literally like a handful of panels but you could like feel the disdain in that relationship between mm-hmm. the actor and his parents yes. yeah, they're just like yeah take your shit and go please um
0: which reminds me of two different things one um i loved the portrayal of hector's ghost in the story like of how he was just like kind of like a outline like a dash outline Mm -hmm. and like and like Mm -hmm. everyone had that feeling you know that that hector was there like he was like in this story he was there the entire time too and then (laughs) at the end you see him he's at hotel existence as well kind of like hanging out in the back and and then um also um i love how um oh i i I could tell that i really cared about these characters and i really like this book when there's a couple parts in the story where um they get split up and literally like like Polly and peter are like you know if we just spread the ashes here at this beach it'll be fine i'm like
2: no to do it for Hector we gotta, <laughs> we gotta find
0: out what's at that x and you know there's a reason why we're on this journey together you know but i
1: also think it speaks to their character yeah, exactly. that like there's i think under normal circumstances nobody would have blamed them had they yeah after the first murder <laughs> like they could have you know dumped the ashes and just gone home mm-hmm. but exactly. it says it it's- it says something of their character that they went
0: through with it did you ever think uh, because it's implied, and there's even a part where one of them says, oh, this is, might not even be Hector. This might just be ashes from the fireplace, and he's going to be waiting for us at the Zex. Mm-hmm. Did you think that that he was alive at all?
1: No, because I will tell I you. I did it. not. I, Go I was going to
2: say, I thought that the story just had too much heart. That, like, yeah, yes. oh, it would have dismantled everything, like, the our whole journey if he was just like, gotcha! Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, 100%. It's also, as someone currently mourning someone, It's a stupid thought. You kind of hope it's true. Yeah. When someone you love has died.
0: Yeah, especially if you lost touch with them. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like you kind. It's one of those stupid things where it's like you kind of want it to happen because then it means that that person's not dead.
0: This book could technically be called guilt trip. Also.
2: (laughs) What? um...
1: Was it written by my mom? Oh. Oh. (laughs)
2: Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brian. I, I. Yes. I think you've told me this before, but you haven't played the Last of Us games, right?
0: No, I haven't. I do know all I've heard so many podcasts and so many reviews about them that I basically know everything about both both stories about part 1 and
2: part 2. Yeah, but like I feel like uh the resolution of Last of Us 2 yeah has some of this in it where it's just like you get to the end of the game and you're like, "Oh." Like like yeah. on top of the loss because of like you know, the growing apart, it hurts even more
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely, one hundred percent so,
2: um, yeah, um, there's I, two oh, go ahead. one or two last questions I wanted to ask you guys before we wrap up. One, at the end of the book, how long do you think that they waited to before they went and spread uh, Hector's ashes because they seem to get the 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 hotel really up and running before they decide to do that ceremony.
0: Yeah, and and also if you think about it, um, at least um, Peter had to leave and come back because he right brought all go get all
2: the, the stuff, all the stuff. Um, yeah, uh, Moho had to change his name to Jerry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: and Polly got her guitars. And I liked how uh, yeah. Alvaro thought the, those were Moho's guitars, not not Polly's. I thought that was funny as well.
1: Yeah, no, so, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's a good question, which makes
1: the. Which makes it that much more poignant because yeah. I think the physical aspect of Hector was third on the priority list. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the priority, the biggest thing he wanted was them to finally be being at home together, and yeah, and being together, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. the
2: other thing I was going to ask is uh, their initial like relationship, friendship. When do you think that started? Because they're all pretty much in their early thirties. Because I think uh, yeah. they say yeah. in the book Moho just turned thirty. I think Polly's thirty-two or something. So like, was this early twenties or was this mid twenties? Because like say... they keep saying that they grew apart, but like I just like I, I could never really get a, a, a great feel for the amount of time that we were talking about. I I,
0: I got I got early twenties vibes. Yes, uh, and then um I don't know how long they were like they were thick as estranged, <laughs> but then but they were estranged for five years um okay that, yeah that's what that that's it's it's mentioned a couple times like if, or at least implied that it's been about five years um at least that's what I thought <laughs> I was
1: sure I have a question yes and, and and we can always discuss this off air too because I, it's just kind of fun if there were a group of people not including we don't have to include each other because that's kind of stupid. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, <laughs> but is there a group of people or people throughout your life that you would be comfortable having that kind of ending with, like where you're just all going to vibe and work together? And live? oh yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I I have a handful of close close friends that so like yeah, no, I, I think I'd be fine with them. Like we wouldn't get on on each other's nerves too much.
1: Yeah, I think if you took Carrie at maybe like. 20 and carries friends from 20 you know what i mean like i i Mm -hmm. I think i think at different points in my life i i could say yes but i think currently as of right now there's not a whole lot yeah i'm looking at one of them
0: yeah um Mm -hmm. i can definitively say um definitely present company excluded there's really no one i would want to do that with i am yeah. a very i'm a very i'm a very solo person yeah. the fact that i'm i'm married and i'm very happily married is kind of an anomaly in my opinion because i'm not a very social person you're really trying to sell the, that
1: happy stuff yeah <laughs>
0: the, uh, <laughs> I, yes i i'm the uh, the the introvert that doesn't like a lot of people that's hosting a podcast so yes,
1: give us a five star rating on iTunes, yeah, people. There you Sorry, know. I am no, out of my element, yeah, so you is. guys have to love this. No, um, yeah, I, I, which I, again I think comes back to the this type of of once in a lifetime friendship, mm-hmm. you know that this group of people seem to have with each other. I think that's very unique. As, oh i know johnny i know i don't think that that's something that would happen very often for a lot of people yeah you know yeah no no totally
0: and just to cl- clarify when i say president company excluded i do mean richard even though you're on the phone with us as well. And, mm.
1: and well no and, that, and like i said i don't want it to like be I know. like that's why i said like yeah. i don't want it to be weird i know like anyone has to feel any any type of way and but that's I mean, why like, i'm like
2: yeah, no, no. Just talking about like the the, yeah. the the strength of those type of uh, bonds. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Absolutely. Uh, another part of my favorite part when they have the little, they finally have the ceremony to release the ashes. Andreas has a nice little shirt. He does. Aww,
1: Still no does. pants.
2: <laughs> no pants. He's no. a monkey. He doesn't need no. pants, bro. No, he
0: doesn't. <laughs>
2: He's
1: awesome. I love uh, him. Yeah. And, I was and... just at
2: Disney World. Donald Duck, no pants. It's yep. fine.
0: I'm actually wearing <laughs> Donald Duck uh, socks right now. Matter so
1: of fact, um, <laughs> why did he always make him Latin? Because he's feisty. Maybe, yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> oh, also, he's in uh, what is it the Three Caballeros? So yes, you know, he is. yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he's Latin through practice. If anyone is Latin through practice, give me any Disney character. It's
1: Donald
0: <laughs> Duck. <laughs> so you know, it's really strange. I love Donald Duck. That's not the strange part. I seem to love God, like cartoon characters that are birds that wear bow ties like like it's a real fucking, tuxedo sam is like my favorite Sanrio character i love Rowlett. rowlet's my favorite pokemon um the you know, donald duck you know it's like yeah I, for some reason birds that wear bow ties um blathers from animal crossing also wow. yeah just very cool. It's it's a trope of some sort, of course, because yeah, there's a
2: lot of uh, different I was gonna say I was gonna ask about Chili Willy, but he wears a scarf, not a bow tie. So. Yeah, chili, chili willy, willy is pretty cool.
1: Memory unlocked for <laughs> Carrie. He uh, <I laughs> loves chili when <laughs> was a kid.
0: I'm okay, actually yeah. I do have a a a petchen, perchance. Petchants. I, I do love penguins also. <laughs> and just in general because i do love um um like uh what's his face the the pablo from octonauts
1: yes it's pablo is it pablo you said pablo and i immediately thought escobar
0: (laughs) yes i also love pablo escobar oh which actually um you know i learned the other day uh sorry big cocaine
2: big hippopotamus guy yes (laughs) so
0: so you you know, you know cocaine bear um obviously the movie is not based fully in reality but you know it's kind of slightly based on a mm-hmm. true story yeah, but it's based was. on a true story so yeah. so the so the bear is in kentucky at, um and it's stuffed it's like taxidermied and it has mm-hmm. a sign on it and his name is cocaine bear but he also has a second name you wonder what his second name is what pablo escobar
1: oh pablo escobar <laughs> that's
2: really cute. as a person Dude,
0: who you. loves no no
2: no Nope, we're going to end the show there because yeah. you made a dad pun and Carrie did it admonish you for it. She actually enjoyed it. So I think you... you, you let's oh, yeah. wrap up on that uh, yeah. win. I have, <laughs> on a, win. I a win. While I'm ahead, definitely. All right. Well... <laughs> Pablo Escobar. It is good. That's not like I'm not mad at it. Yeah.
0: I am not taking credit for that pun, but it is a very lovely pun. I love it.
2: All right. You can take a little credit. You're the one that brought it to the table. We would have known it here true. if you didn't bring it.
0: I guess, I guess um, when... Um, uh, what's her face the director of that movie elizabeth banks elizabeth banks she, um, she did the uh, she was on the oscars and she did one of the uh announcements of the awards and she came out with a person in a bear suit and she's oh, nice. basically like if it wasn't for cgi if it wasn't for the effects people this would have probably been how we would have done the cocaine bear. <laughs> it would have been a guy in the suit probably on cocaine <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: funny yeah so I thought that was pretty good. Or they could have got uh the masturbating bear from uh, Conan. I don't think yes. anyone's doing anything with.
0: That oh IP. my god, the masturbating! Supposedly Conan has the diaper
2: in his collection.
1: Wait, of... what? Oh,
2: you don't
0: remember the masturbating
1: bear? No, from... I wasn't
2: a Conan fan. Oh, oh, so yeah, there's just the character. It's just a person in a bear suit, and then basically it's wearing <laughs> a very diaper that's like very you know, droopy. That's very hung at the front. And it just kinda comes up, it just comes out and just starts boggling that diaper. you know penis area of the diaper until like uh some guards come in and taser it to stop. Yeah, that's the whole bit. Yeah. And like they did that bit for the whole time that Conan was on NBC. And it was intellectual property that NBC felt that they needed to keep when he left NBC. <laughs> yeah. He could not
0: bring the masturbating bear with him. So that's why it was a big.
2: Like no, this is too valuable to us. We need to keep it. It was a big was win. When he got the,
0: I guess that's what, like, when he retired from TBS, that was like a big win that he got. Was he got the diaper from the <laughs> masturbating
1: bear? That's disgusting. <laughs> it's
0: great. <laughs> All right. And I love masturbation,
1: and I love bears. Just together, I just don't love diapers.
0: Yeah, was, I think that <laughs> what's throwing me off. Oh man, I love. The the those, those those continuing bits like um what's her name? Amy Polar playing Andy's little sister. Yeah, just all that kind of stuff was wonderful. And really the origins of my sense of humor. So yes, Carrie's giving me the uh come Let's on. Keep it, wrap rolling. it up. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, we have reached the end of the show. yeah And uh thank you to everyone for listening to the show. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Good Pods, CdV Pod, leave a review on good pods. Uh leave a review wherever you listen to this, because we appreciate reviews. Good, bad, whatever. No,
1: not bad. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. Well, Lisa, yeah, leave just a go. five-star
0: review. Even if you want to talk shit about us, leave a five-star review. Help the algorithm. Thank you. All right. Um, comments to serve better at gmail.com. If you want to talk shit about us, also to our faces.
1: No, don't. <laughs> no. no, just no. Just I don't know why he's encouraging no. this. No, please <laughs> don't. I will block your ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, you, uh also on fridays on instagram we will review re- and also reveal the uh the book that we're doing next week all our book club so you can either follow along or be excited that that's the book that we're going to talk about next week
1: yeah
0: and um chani is staring at me intensely right now <laughs> all right like i said he's definitely the uh the fourth uh beetle of this of this podcast um he's ringo <laughs> all right um richard where can we find you on the internet
2: um i'm top cat 360 all, all over the internet um i'll probably be sharing old conan videos now because that's probably gonna be stuck in my brain for a while
0: <laughs> do you listen to the conan podcast i love i it. do not right oh, <laughs> i've absolutely. never heard it but i hear it's oh, good it's wonderful i love that podcast so much he's yeah it's great <laughs> carrie's making fun of me and um <laughs> Uh, well, I'm at Bryjin underscore CB on uh Instagram, and I just realized in my notes I misspelled my name, so it's, it's B R A I J I N underscore CB. I, put, I wrote B R A J I N, I forgot that first I so one eyed, one eyed okay. Um, so I'm gonna, yeah, and uh, Kira, do you have anything else you want to
1: add? No, we... but um. Uh if I can get something going on like an online D thing or online Magic the Gathering, and if anybody wants to befriend me on that, we'll figure out a way to communicate and we can see online nice. friends.
0: If you have something nice or mean to say to us and also you want to join Carrie in D D, email us at comics is or better at G. Yeah,
1: don't or you can actually DM uh on Instagram. Yeah. I think is an easier way to get a hold of me. Probably, yes, definitely.
0: Uh well in that case for richard and carrie i'm brian and this has been the comics are better podcast and remember comics are better and everyone deserves comics
1: what's up (laughs) i flipped off the air i don't know why night night bye Bye,
0: everyone (laughs) say hi to pablo escobar